from the Ron Miller Race Car Studio, this is the Hammer Down Racing Report. And now your hosts, Scott Hammer and Ron Miller. Welcome, race fans, to the uh, first edition of the Hammerdown Racing Report for 2019. Pretty amazing. What was yeah. it uh, number 64 total? Number 64, show number 64, correct. Mr. Ron Miller. Scott Hammer in the studio along with Scott Miller and Jeff Jackson, a couple of uh, drag racers. Uh, we'll be talking to them tonight, and they're going to school us on the art of going fast in a straight line. Yeah. If you can turn, you're not going fast enough. That's, yeah, here we go. <laughs> That's what I hear. Uh, live from the Ron Miller race cars. There's too many Millers. Never have too many Millers. Mm. Come on. Kindred now. spirits. Way too many. Live from the Ron Miller race car studio. Uh, it's the uh, Best of Toledo Award nominated uh, Hammerdown Racer Report podcast. And uh, we still have to wait until... Another, another month and a half, I think, Scott. February Jeez. or what? Huh? Yeah, February. I think it's 23rd, 24th. Find out who won the Best of Toledo, Toledo City Paper. I can't tell you how disappointed I'll be if it's not us. No, this is clearly, this is clearly hands down the leader. Uh, absolutely. It should be. <laughs> We're out front. They're waving the checker flag for us. Visit HammerdownRacingReport.com. We have shirts on there. We have links to uh, all the ways you can listen to the Hammerdown Racing Report, including iHeartRadio, Google Play Music, iTunes, or uh, on Facebook. And you can watch us live every Thursday night at 7 p.m. Except for last week, we were off. We did a best of. Yeah. Did you watch the best of? You know, I watched most of I spent of way it. too much time doing it. I had to go yeah. through all the old shows. <laughs> you know, I, I, I zipped through part of it, but uh, yeah, it was, good. it was good, Scott. You did a fine job. Fantastic. The production crew was spectacular, yeah, as yeah. usual. Uh, tonight, we're going to talk drag racing and uh, kind of go over uh, the Sandusky Speedway uh, hangover race. Which was an absolute panic this year. Panic? Yeah, it was great time, Scott. Oh, panic is a good thing? Oh, yeah. I'm not familiar with this lingo. How is Ron hipper than you are? (laughs) It happens. I'm not sure, but it happens. I don't think it's that hard, really, to be more hipper. Ah, whatever. Uh, He had his hips replaced, though, I believe, right? Just one. Just one? That probably helped. Yeah. Uh, A lot of news, too. Uh, A lot of action going on down under New Zealand and Australia. We'll talk about that. And uh, some uh, racing action uh, in Fort Wayne and Tulsa as well. And some of that was pretty exciting. Yeah. Before we get to that, uh, we have to thank Ryan Miller Race Cars out of Lambertville, Michigan. Did you sell a lot of uh, gift cards for Um, Christmas? We did well on gift cards, yes, sir. Good. uh, A lot of people calling in, punching, uh, punching their credit cards in, and it worked well. Well, I'm sure for you. Did you put an extra zero no, when no, you're no, punching I can't it do in. Oh. Uh, but uh, no, it, it was a great Christmas. It was a great holiday season. Uh, we got a few cars done in the shop, and we're so you got con- room now. Concentrating on cleaning a little yeah. bit. Uh, got some new LED lights put in, so we can, oh, for the shop. That's what the LED yeah. lights. Nice. Yeah. So it's not. So it's brighter in there now. A whole lot. Well, I'm sure Don appreciates it. Well, and the guys were talking today. That I'm thinking of heading to Florida a little bit in February, and uh, maybe I'll do a call-in on that. But uh, the guys were talking about painting the walls and the ceiling, so we'll, we'll see if that plays out. I think you might need to wash them first. Oh, nah. Oh, no. Nah. No. Not in the garage, no. Nah. Just paint right over it. Yep. Seal it in. I don't think there's, it'll stick to it. It'll just come off with the, never mind. Uh, give Ron Miller a race car. He's uh, got race cars. You still have that uh, that old Arca car? Was it an Arca yes. car? The Oldsmobile, yep. I think it was. Yep. Uh, that's still that, available? That's still available. Uh, somebody called me today wondering if it had a fiberglass roof or uh, a steel roof. Apparently, the maybe the, the COT cars, the car of tomorrow, maybe they had fiberglass roofs. I don't know. But this one is a for real steel roof. Uh, and it predates roof flaps, so it's it's definitely an early '90s car. And, so don't uh, spin out on Talladega or Daytona. No, no, it it would make somebody a really fun project. Make a Harry Gant tribute car that uh, would be perfect. Hey, John Ivy says, uh, "What's up? Congratulations on your your wins, Mister Ivy." We'll Lots talk about that them. a little bit uh, as well. Uh, give a round of call seven three four eight five six seven two two three. If you need that race car or he's got part safety equipment service, uh, you know, racing season is uh, just a couple months away. 
It'll be here soon. Phone starts ringing right after Christmas. I could get my car in there still, don't I? Yeah, you do. You know, this isn't going to be as bad a winter on you as the last few. Uh, doesn't need as many updates. Doesn't need a whole no, new body. I probably need to get the motor refreshed. Yeah. How does that involve me? Well, <laughs> i got to figure out if I take it out before or after it goes to you. I see. Because if I leave it in, then it's easier to move around. It is. Yeah, at least for me. I don't have little pusher vehicles like some people do. Ron said you can't buy a driver, though. <laughs> That's too bad, then. <laughs> too bad for my car. It's, it's stuck. Let's talk about uh, racing action uh, this past week, uh, starting with Sandusky Speedway. They had the annual hangover race, the 39th annual hangover race. Uh, not too bad uh, weather conditions. Pretty good crowd, too. Lots of, lots of cars. I was impressed. Uh, I, I talked And they the... blame that on you. What? That so many people showed up. You know, uh, all right. I'll, I'll, I say I'll take, it's because the hammer down racing. I'll take the blame for that. And there was a really neat story that goes along with that. If you want to do some results, that's fine. Or uh, I couldn't find any results, and I'm not sure uh, the names of everybody that okay. won. Okay, all right. I know um, I didn't win. I know the third place and fourth place finisher of the Moonshine Stocks. Yeah. You finished third, didn't you? No, I finished fourth. Fourth? Okay. So you know that guy. I know that guy. Okay. And I know the guy that finished in front of me. Who was that? Dave Gumby, senior. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. And your race, the Champagne Stock, the you had quite, there's quite a few. Uh, was everybody topless? Uh, Out, we'll just say outlaw late miles with the big right, sideboards. Right, right. And you guys were booking. I mean, the track had a little bit of uh, moisture in it, and you could L- tell. A little bit slippery you, in places. You could tell when you when you hit yeah. that. The folks throwing snowballs got uh, some slick spots in the middle of the front stretch, but. Uh, I, I think the oil had more of an issue there. Yeah. Some of the cars had some it, engines let go, but that was the first time. I've, I've only raced there twice, and it was snowy, and we could go barely caution speed during the green flag the the couple times so, ever. so, so this is the first time i actually raced on asphalt that was raceable so at the long end of the straightaways did you could you tell the speed it seemed like it was going pretty good yeah i mean it seemed fast but my problem was i'm used to driving on dirt where i'll mash it into the corner and just throw it sideways well there were a couple of guys doing that too there was but then i realized that that doesn't work so well on on asphalt and that it's easier to kind of ease into the corner and get it to Finesse the car, yeah. Because I I would push, and then I'd want to just nail the gas to get the brake, the back end of brake out, and it didn't have. It just would keep going straight, and I'm like, well, this doesn't work. So I, it was a learning experience for me, and it was it was fun. So anyway, the champagne class. Yeah. Uh, my son. You've won, won how many years? Uh, I won prior. to I know this you year. like to share this. Prior, so. prior to this year, I won 14 out of the last 15. Um, Very dominant. Yeah, and and uh, the only time you lost was because something broke. Yes. And, and then this year happened. Yeah, something broke. My streak broke, yeah. Scott. Well, Chuck Hummer, he was uh, he was flying. He was he was bad fast. He, and uh, apparently a little too fast. Uh, he ended up uh, losing. I think something. I think I read something broke. Well, the first time was what three or four laps in, uh, and he got a little crossed up getting into turn one. Uh, wound up out by the tire barriers. I guess he got it hauled down before he got there. But but I thought that's I thought something broke. And that's what caused him to go flying out there. At least that's what I read. I don't uh, know. The I think facts he, of he it. just got up a little bit too high, and the car got crossed up. Uh, the second time, uh, coming off a of turn two, I guess he had to get off the throttle. And the setup that he ran is very sensitive. And if you come off the throttle, the car makes an immediate turn, uh, and it turned right. And then he counter steered and spun to the inside wall and. Bent the front bumper pretty badly, but uh, yeah, but, that's when he pulled it. When he went back to the pits, yeah. After but that. prior, but to he that, was leading during right. before that first incident when he right. flew off of. Uh, he, turn and he one. was gone, checked out, yeah. gone. He was faster than you at that point, right? But well, I was pretty confident that as the race went on, um, that I'd be all right. <laughs> I, I didn't count yeah. on my kid being that good as the race went on, you know. But I, I you guys I, had a pretty good battle, you and Steve more, Miller, more, more than once, more than side once. side by side, a, a yeah, lot of times, I, I and it was, was great until you caught the, the slower traffic. Yeah, but do we have to talk about turning down your phone? I'm sorry, <laughs> Mr. Radio Guy. I'm sorry. No, I was just tuning into the Hammer Down Racing oh, Report. I appreciate that. <laughs> okay, <laughs> just in case you missed like, what happened. Are, are we here? Are we on? <laughs> I'm sorry. 
Am I on the air? <laughs> so what happened uh, once you caught those uh, lap cars? Uh, uh, Steve and I had been racing side by side. Uh, with him on the outside, we came up on a lap car, and the lap car decided to go to the bottom of the track, and that's where I was. So my choice was either to run into him or back back off the throttle. And uh, from there, Steve was good. The track changed. And it was starting to, to mist a yeah, little, a little it, bit it of really sleet was. or something. And, and going into the first turn, uh, my car started jumping sideways going in. And I, I Maybe really, it was the extra moisture. I didn't think uh, about that. No? Yeah, and, and it probably was because I, I talked with several people, and everybody's car was doing the same. But I thought I had a tire going down, and I decided discretion was a better part of valor, and I'll be around at the end of the race. So, so. you did back off then because it did I look did. like you no, slowed No, I, I absolutely right. did. Especially going down the front stretch, I was rolling out of the throttle about the flag stand. But, you know, so, for Ron Miller race cars, it was a great day. We had the top five cars all all out of our shop. Yeah. Um, and were, were you proud of, of Steve? Were you happy that he was the one to you know, dethrone you, so yes, to speak? absolutely. You know, it, if my kid's beating me on the racetrack, that means I've done my job, man. And and it's a great feeling. It's it's a win either way. And he's he's been very competitive with you the past uh, few years. Yeah, at he's the especially race. competitive with me. I, yeah. I gotta have to have a talk with him about that. So what's what's gonna happen for next year? Are you gonna let him win again? Or? Oh, absolutely not. Okay, I, I've I've got a game plan for next year, and it doesn't include my kid. All right. Speaking now, of no, oh, go ahead. You can know. I? Thank you. Uh, <laughs> the third place car, uh, the nine one one car owned by Mark Kackenmeister, good customer, great friend. Um, he found out that Corey McCoy uh, was there with his his race. He was truck. running uh, two classes, right, moonshine and the champagne. Right, and he uh, had an ignition problem. Didn't he? Get, probably would have won the moonshine stock. Oh, if, he would have. If no uh, question, he about was able it. to start it. But um, he wanted, and I probably would have finished fifth he, then. He, he definitely wanted to race against that zero three car, that Mercury that thing, Marauder. That was a cool car, and it was fast. But anyway. Um, Mark Kackenmeister found out that uh, Corey McCoy's crew chief, Steve Zilka, uh, had brain cancer. Uh, oh, I didn't know that. And he was there in a wheelchair. Um, kind of, kind of a tough, kind of a tough story. And uh, just before the feature, Mark found out about that. He said, "Go get Corey and plug him in my car." So they went running over to the officials, told them that there was going to be a driver change. They said, that's fine, but he's going to have to start last. And Corey came from last up to third place, podium finish. Um, he was racing with uh, Gumby Jr. there. Yes, he was. Pretty hard. Yes, he was. Uh, just, it, it was a very class act, a super thing for Mark Kackenmeister to do. Corey McCoy appreciated, and I'm sure Steve Zilka did. Well, for, I was walking back to the pits uh, just before the start of your race, and I ran into one of his, Corey's crew guys, and he's like, Corey's going to be driving the the 911 car. Uh, Ron ran over there and told him to get his ass in there. Get your helmet and get over yeah, to the car. Like That's that. it. <laughs> I was like, cool. So, uh, Real class act. So so proud. So actually so proud of, of all the guys that raced out of our shop. And they didn't. he didn't wreck the car. Nobody did. So. Corey didn't touch a car. There, that one uh, modified, though, ended up uh, on the tires. Was that during hot laps? Yes, it was. Um, His th throttle hung, and he just went straight off a uh, turn number one, I guess, and ended hit the, up on, Hit the tire barrier and landed directly on top. Yeah, that was fun watching him trying to get that off with all the mud. That was entertaining. Fair amount of grass Yeah, stuck up under the car. But he, he they got it off the tires, right. and he raced uh, the heat race and uh, the feature. And the feature, right. So apparently it didn't bust it up that bad, if at all. Uh, it's cosmetics. Cosmetics, okay. Had to, check, had to adjust the toe in, but... Now, Sandusky Speedway usually, or at least last year, had a race in February as well. And uh, I just learned today that uh, apparently that is not going to be happening this year. That's, I think that, when we had that, Chris in here a couple of weeks ago, it was still on, but uh, right. as of now... Wrong buttons. No, he's yeah, he's got the right one. Oh, I thought he hit the middle one. They're color coded, so he's got yellow, yellow. No, I, I thought he hit the yellow, the middle button, oh. not the not the lit up one. He knows what he's doing. Radio guys, he's they done this they before. know this stuff. So, but yeah. everything up to this point <laughs> has been foreign to me, but that's okay. I know how to how to work the radio buttons. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so they're 
they you haven't heard anything, but it is official. You did hear from uh, Sandusky Speedway or Chris or somebody. Uh, Chris Mize that, said uh, no, they weren't happening. running it, and, and I. I, I we don't know why. We just I know didn't think that I had heard the announcer say anything yeah, at the racetrack. I didn't think of anything of it on Tuesday, but uh, then I was after, I was like, that was weird. They didn't say anything about yeah. the February race. So. And the announcer uh, at the Speedway uh, talked nice about Scott Hammer from the Hammer Down Racing Report. I, I and, found uh, out that... Uh, and announcer at Oakshade Raceway. I, I, found, I found out a little, uh, little uh, messenger must have gone up there. Cute like, little kid, yeah. isn't she? I went up and told him about you. I'm like, oh, so that's how you found out all that stuff. Okay. <laughs> uh, Rumble in Fort Wayne happened uh, over the weekend, uh, last weekend as well. Actually, just before the weekend. Quite a few big names there running midgets. Yeah. Uh, the midget 50-lap uh, feature, 2,000 to win. Uh, winner was uh, Jeff Kaiser with Cap Henry, Henry uh, finishing in second. Tony Stewart ran that. He ended up uh, 13th. Uh, John Ivey was the uh, winner of the non-winged 600cc uh, micro sprints and the winged 600. Tony Stewart was running relatively well early on Did and spawned. Is that what happened? Back. Okay, yeah. I, yep. would, didn't, I thought something must have happened yep. there. But uh, so yeah, John Ivey doing a, a good job out there. I just saw he's looking for a, a ride. He says, "Tell Ron I'm looking for a ride." For the hangover race? Maybe. Or or for anything? Uh, he'll race anything. He, he's not fussy. I'm, I'm no. pretty sure. I, I think he told us that. Maybe he'll run a he'd run in a straight line. <laughs> Scott's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, Tulsa shootout uh, going on uh, currently. Actually, I believe it started yesterday. Uh, Creed uh, Kemenaw, Chad Kemenaw's son, finished second in his heat race. That's the only note I have. Uh, I think there's from a that. late model portion that of that on. that starts this weekend or next week. A late model. Yeah. No, this is indoor stuff. Oh, okay. Well, this is... The Tulsa shootout. No, i Chili Bowl Tulsa. stuff. Yeah. Okay, yep. Yeah. Chili Bowl coming up a little bit. Uh, okay. That's all the racing uh, action that I covered, other that's than a lot. down south. But uh, uh, racing news, uh, did you hear about the Attica Fremont Championship Series that was announced? Actually, it was announced, uh, I think, right after our last live show a couple uh, weeks ago. I, I've read some about it, yeah. It's going to be for the 410s and uh, 305 sprints. Running just uh, Attica and Fremont, the official series name is the All-Pro Aluminum Cylinder Heads Kistler Racing Products Attica Fremont Championship Series presented by the Bauman Auto Group. Now, is is that replacing the Fast Series? Otherwise known as AFCS. No, it is not. I did talk to Dave about that because I asked the same thing. The Fast Series has other tracks that it goes to. It's a little okay. bit bigger. This is just for Attica and, uh, and uh, Fremont. Uh, they're going to have nine events at each track for the 410, seven events at each track for the 305s. Dwayne Hancock, who we had in the studio, right. is uh, going to be the series director, and uh, I believe we're going to try and get him in later on this month or early next month to uh, talk about that. Very good. Uh, the 68th season of racing at Fremont Speedway will be run by the five-member team appointed by the Fremont Fair Board, consisting of, and we mentioned a couple of these names before, Ryan Sheets, uh, Brian Mathias, uh, Justin Liskai, Gary Roots, and Rick Holland. Sheets is the uh, uh, board's chair, and Liskai, who began as the uh, pit steward at the track. And past few years, he's been the head scorer. He's going to serve as the race night competition director. They're working on bigger purses for the 305 sprints and dirt trucks. The 410s uh, weekly pay will be the same, 3000 to win, 300 start. Any, any big late model shows scheduled there that, yet? That not nothing on that yet. Nothing yet. Um, more sprint car news. The uh, Buckeye Outlaw Sprint uh, Series boss is officially on the Oakshade uh, Raceway schedule. We talked about this uh, a few times, yeah. but now there's an official date, uh, June first. I saw that. Yeah. So and, their sprint cars will be returning to Oakshade Raceway for the first time since 2000, I believe. I wonder, and. Maybe somebody from Oakshade Raceway can let us know. Will they be replacing the late models on that night, or will that be an added attraction? Uh, when I talked to the uh, person who would know she who yesterday, must, she who must be obeyed, she was uh, not sure what else was going to be running with it. So right okay. now it's the Boss Series, and the rest is to be announced, okay. uh, to be determined. And I checked... Uh, the, the dream at Eldora is the following week. I thought maybe they would leave the late models off thinking that some more guys would go to the dream, but those two 
schedules don't conflict with each other. Oh, Anton uh, won his heat. Tulsa shootout. Very good. And he starts fourth in the qualifying race uh, tomorrow on the non-wing. That's pretty so, cool. Good luck to uh, Anton. He should need... Our record's intact. He won because he was on the show. You guys are good. Well, if you were still racing, you would win the next time you race. You're going to win because you still race. Well, that's obvious. Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> we have a long track record. And, and, Jeff, every time somebody is on their next race, they win. Well, that's a good thing. Hasn't worked for me yet, I'm gonna but that's bet, okay. I'm going to have to bet a lot that day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> had to remind me that I'm not racing anymore. Thank you very much. I know. You, you can, you I can know. change. It's, it's, trust me. It's the, it, the plan is up here, and I have some things I need to take care of first. First warm day. Yeah. We'll, we'll see how that works. <laughs> the uh, big uh, show, uh, I believe it's the opener for Flat Rack Speedway, coming up on April 28th, featuring the CRA All-Stars Tour and the CRA Junior Late Model Series, the debut of that. They've also added the ICAR All-Star Modified Tour to that event. So that'll be the first time the Modifieds have been to Flat Rock in 11 years. Bearfield Motorsports Park in Fort Wayne has released their 2019 schedule. Uh, you can check it out at bearfieldmotorpark.com. Uh, the only event on the dirt track, because I knew you were going to ask this, is going to be that Sprints on Dirt deal, right. the Jim uh, Lipke uh, Memorial. Right. Uh, they're also going to have non-wing sprints, midgets, and non-wing 600cc micro sprints. There you go, Mr. Ivy. Maybe he will be racing there. Yeah. Um. A little further out, Donnie Schatz won the Boxing Day uh, Sprint Car Main Event at Archerfield Speedway in Australia. A lot of racing going on down there because it's summer there. That's Brisbane, Australia. Is it? Yes. Um, okay. You could have said it's Fandango, Australia, no, no, and I would have believed that. You know how I know that? How do you I've know? raced there. I figured as much. <laughs> he picked up uh, another win uh, on Tuesday there as well. Christopher Bell was a uh, winner in the sprint car at uh, New Zealand's Western Spring Speedway. Do a lot of uh, drivers race New Zealand yes. and Australia? Yes. Because they're pretty close to each other there. Yeah. Although a lot of water gotta, between yeah, them. Yeah. How do you get the cars back and forth? You can't, you can't just throw it in the trailer and drive across the, wa the water. No, no, no. It, it goes in a boat. Okay. Kyle Larson uh, picked up a midget feature win at Western Springs as well after fending off Bell. Bell had uh, another second-place uh, mid midget feature Tuesday at Huntley Speedway in New Zealand. Uh, Tyler Courtney was the winner there Thursday, which was uh, like earlier today because they're ahead of right. us. Uh, Larson bested Bell in more midget action at Western Springs. After uh, Bell, Bell apparently uh, recovered from a gentle flip, they turned it back over. He restarted the back, caught back up to Larson, and they were doing exchanging some slide jobs at the end of the race, and uh, Larson came out. I'll bet the fans love that. that. Yeah. Sounded like it'd be exciting. Uh, and finally, uh, Greg uh, Biffle is uh, eyeing a return to NASCAR. Really? Yeah, he's going to show up at Daytona with his racing gear with him, just in case. Oh, I see. Just in case somebody's hurt. See? Hey, guys, can, can I drive your $10 million car or whatever? Oh, that guy. Sure, put him in. Well, that That's pretty much it, yeah. <laughs> and whenever I think of him, I always remember, uh, I think it was a Daytona race where Sterling Marlin called him a bug-eyed dummy. Yeah. And that's I can't get that out of my head. Eastern Australia, Valvoline Speedway, uh, Sydney area. Uh, Tyler Erb was over there. Uh, qualified quick, about three-quarters of a second faster than anybody, uh, won his heat race, and ran 11 laps in a feature, pulled off. Not really sure what broke, but uh, he's going to be over Western Australia running the USA Invasion Tour over there. And that's uh, coming up. Uh, starting Boxing Day. It's uh, January 26th, I think. Is it that late? I 23rd, 26th. Okay. Yeah. All right, I was... I've Wondering about that. Steve says that uh, he won the race and he hasn't been on the show. <laughs> Boy, just think of how good he's going to be once we get him on. Yeah, just put his name on the trophy now. Yeah. <laughs> so let's uh, let's uh, switch directions here and go I, uh, straight. I just for oh, before we go straight, we're going to make a left turn. Yeah, I uh, I did mention to him that if his uh, hangover trophy gets lonely, he can bring it over to visit all of mine. <laughs> Wow. 
That's smack. That's razor yeah. smack right that's there. That's it. How old were you when you won your first uh, hangover race? Oh, I don't know. Probably about, 15 what, 15 years. years ago, so you're not that old, so it'd be... Probably 30, Scott. So, now, I don't think that math works out quite right. <laughs> I think that's off by a magnitude of about 20. Oh, come on. So I think he's probably younger than you were when he first was on yeah. He's got a great future at Sandusky yeah. Speedway. All right. Can we go straight now? Yeah, absolutely. All right. How much do you know about drag racing? Go fast. Don't turn left. <laughs> Don't turn left. If you turn left, it's bad, right? <laughs> That's well, it depends on where the pit road is. Uh, Rubbin's not racing. No, it? not at all. <laughs> Thank you, uh, Scott Miller from... Who, what, uh, was it Bernstein that, that wrecked really bad at the Winter Nationals? Yeah, there's been a few of them. No, yeah. just a couple of weeks ago? No. No, Kenny, Kenny, and or Brandon hasn't raced for years. Yeah, it's been right. a while. Who was it that wrecked at the Winter Nationals? I, I saw a video today. Budweiser car hit up in flames, motor flew out. That may have been a, I mean, there's it, no Budweiser it, it, cars uh, that are yeah. running on the circuit right it, now. It, it could have been yeah. a couple of years ago. Pretty darn spectacular. That, that's yeah, a that video was from the 90s. No. <laughs> <laughs> that was an old video. Anyways, uh, Scott Miller from uh, 104.7 WIT and... Uh, 101.5 The River. That's it, yeah. And a drag racer. And a drag racer. Well, uh, well I'm, you, I'm, a former I'm, driver. I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm not. Don't say ever say former. Okay. Um, I'm sort of in between. In between. Cars. <laughs> there you go. Racers <laughs> never retire. Those are fight, no, fighting not at words. All. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And Jeff Jackson, current drag racer. Oh yeah. How long uh, have you been racing in a straight line? Uh, since the '80s. Yeah. Right. When did you start, Scott? I started racing like formally, uh, probably in 2003. But as a kid growing up, and, you know, Ron's got maybe like a year on me, um, you know, just growing up in the muscle car era and having an older brother and having sis, older sisters that had boyfriends that had hot rods, and I was always into it. I, I grew up outside of Chicago, um, and I would travel to U.S. 30. We'd go up into, you know, Wisconsin, a bunch of different places, just to go watch, and that, that's really when I got the bug, you know, I as a spectator for many years and, um, you know, watching people build cars, work on cars, things like that. And you pick up a little bit, but it's more about the, about the, the camaraderie and just the environment was always appealing to me. It was always great. What about the picking up chicks? The picking up chicks. Um, I mean, I'm happily married, so I'll say <laughs> it. I got one. I got wait, one. Wait, well, <laughs> I picked up one. Was that before or after you started racing? <laughs> that was, uh, you know, it's it's not it's not, but that not a, that's a simple just, yes or no question. No, I didn't pick up chicks. Or, uh, well, I, mean, I mean, when did you get married? Was that? Before? Oh, I got married. Yeah, it was it was before I so started racing. Okay, okay. formally, awesome. formally. Just for what it's worth, our first date with my wife, um, we were still in high school, and our first date was at Toledo Speedway. Were you <laughs> racing, or were you just watching? Uh, I don't think I was racing then, but I told her. It was going to happen. Okay. <laughs> so she had a, had a hint that it was going. So there you go. There you go, guys. A lot of Just... people might rec- recognize Jeff as uh, the counter guy at Jerry's Speed Shop that had all the answers for a long time. I don't know anything, but, yeah, I, I do. I do work there. <laughs> so how did you, you get into uh, drag racing then back in the 80s? What drew you to it? Uh, believe it or not, I had a neighbor across the street that had a race car, and I, ever since I was – knee-high to a grasshopper i was over there across the street watching him build cars because he didn't have a lot of money but he would build everything himself he couldn't you know run across the street and buy anything he had to make it himself and that's basically how i learned i mean i mean i'm not a rich fellow by any means but but i get by and i can make things work where a lot of people who just spend the money and buy parts can't make them work um but to me, it's more of trying to go as fast as you can with what you have versus trying to go out and buy everything that, you know, everybody else has. But So is, you know. I'm assuming drag, there's a little bit more to drag racing than, uh, than just grabbing the steering wheel and 
hitting the gas as soon as the light changes. Oh, absolutely. I mean, what, 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 it's what, like, a circle, like a circle track car. I'm, you know, some cars can turn the corner and some can't because of the suspension setups and that. Is it and about it, getting the it's, traction? It's the absolutely start? the same way with drag racing. I mean, shock settings and, I mean, just setting up the car in general, um, front end limiters and all that stuff. But, uh, I mean, you can actually hit the tires too hard when you take off, and it makes them bounce, and then you lose traction as you go. So it's it's all about setting the car up, and, I mean, and each car is different. The more horsepower you put to it, you know, that you have to change the car to adjust to it. And, uh, I mean, that. That's so how, how do you know how much uh, gas to give it, you know, with, so that you don't bounce the tires? All of it. But, all of it. <laughs> but then you're going to bounce the tires, right? <laughs> well, I mean. It's, Unless it, you set it up. Right? You have to set the car the up I mean, to the, the whole idea to is it, to yeah. always give it all the gas. Um, but it's, it depends on the setup. But if it starts bouncing, you got to back off. Jeff, I, mm-hmm, I, would, I would imagine that bracket racing plays well into what you do with uh, try, trying to do a whole lot with very little. Well, correct. I mean, don't get me wrong, Ron. My car is very fast, but I know uh, that. But uh, I'm just saying, uh, you know, a lot of people that have cars that go similar times have four times as much money in their cars as mine does. Um, but but that's just because I've been doing this so long that I have the knowledge to make things work. I completely you know? understand. And, and now, what kind that, of what kind of car do you uh, do you have? Uh, I have a Fox body Mustang with a big block Chevy in it. Mid 1980s. Yeah, 85. Yep. But uh, I mean, it's just your normal street car. I drive it around and you know, occasionally street race the thing just like every so it's other not like teenage one of the, kid. It's not like a funny car or one of those uh, was it top fuel dragsters. Nope, not a rail, not a motor on a stick. Um, <laughs> motor on uh, a stick. Ah, <laughs> uh, oh, devastating! <laughs> oh, uh, oh I mean, I, heart shot. I, I, I did actually just get rid of a, a an old pro stock car. It was a stretched pinno, and uh, that was actually built by somebody famous in our area, also. But, but uh, that car, you know, it was a great car, but obviously it. It didn't fit everything that I wanted to do. I wanted to be able to street drive it, or or, or um, Hot Rod Drag Week actually p- puts on a show where you drive your race car from track to track each day with no outside help. I mean, I mean, you had to drive 300 miles a day for a week straight to these different tracks. So I mean, each day you drove 300 miles. Then you had to race the car, and then you had to load up your little trailer and drive 300 more miles to the next track and, and there's and guys and that. there's guys can lay down 200 mile an hour runs mm-hmm. on yep. these cars that they're driving from track to track and driving wow. down the highway and you see a, a are you race using car. racing fuel when you're driving down the highway i mixed it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but i mean that, that's incredible jeff alluded to something and there is there's guys that can dump money into a car to make it go faster and if you want to buy a tenth of a second it is not cheap um the other part of that is is that he the idea of going to visit your neighbor and watching somebody do something and starting to build a passion for it and then finding yourself at a racetrack one day and finding and this happens in your world as much as it happens in drag racing and in motorcycle racing and everything else it's a community it's a family and it's a very generous group of people that are willing to share knowledge that are willing to teach learn be patient you know, for me as a 16-year-old going to the drag strip and watching and talking to guys and, you know, it wasn't it wasn't the national events that I went to. It was the local ones. And these are guys that I met years ago. I mean, uh, 40 years ago. I'm not that old. Yes, I am. And <laughs> that I still have a, a relationship with today and can talk to. And, and they're, they'll give you stuff. Here, I don't need this anymore. Take it. You use it. And it's... it's and, you're seeing a, a whole new group come up, and you mentioned street racing. All over what? Discovery Channel, Street Outlaws? Yep. I worked for Harley-Davidson for five years. I took some time off of radio, and I worked for Harley-Davidson. And you're seeing the discretionary dollar kind of shift from you know what would be spending a little money on a race car, dad riding a $20,000 brand-new motorcycle or whatever, towards youth sports, towards family-centric activities and everything else. 
Racing can be a very family-centric activity. Oh, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. Whether, yeah. whether you're going in a straight line or running around in circles. Exactly. And and that's so, you know, the next generation of races are coming up. We have a younger group that's seeing it on television, and these guys are going fast, and they're doing their fake fights and all the other stuff. But if they <laughs> have fights. any type of passion, <laughs> the reality is is that you can – I mean, I raced my father's 1973 Olds Cutlass, you know, when I was 16 years old – and it didn't matter how fast the car went because drag racing can set up with bracket style racing where there's handicap style racing. There's a way to get into it. We just got to kind of, as you do, have to find the next generation of people that are passionate about what you do. Bring them up, foster them, let them, you know, know that it's okay to ask for, you know, information, questions, knowledge, you know. You go to a racetrack. Give Scott Miller a call if you have a question. <laughs> <laughs> or Jeff, yeah. answer man. But but it's 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 a situation where it can be intimidating as a fan or someone that, that wants to get into it, but you're afraid to ask. You don't want to bother somebody. He's a smart guy like Ron that's been doing it, and it's like he doesn't want to hear from me. Well, he, actually, he does. Yeah. He's not going to sell me his secrets, so yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's, no, a, there's but, a lot of tracks, <laughs> at least in the circle track, Oval track uh, mm-hmm. things are they're starting uh, new uh, classes for younger kids to get in. Do they have uh, something like that for junior for dragster? Okay. Junior, junior dragster. I mean, you know, it's, so there's it's opportunities a, for younger drivers to get absolutely. involved. Absolutely, and parents can get in fairly cheap. You can pick up a, a pre-owned one because the kids do outgrow them, yep. and or they'll they'll move off of a certain chassis, take an engine, put it in a bigger one to accommodate a larger kid. I mean, you know, my daughter wanted to do it, and I actually bought her one. You know, it's three grand. It was a turnkey operation, and she's racing. But she's also learning. She's learning way beyond just how to point the car, stage it, and go. She's learning how to maintain the car. She's learning the respect of other racers, decorum, how to behave at the racetrack, safety issues, and things like that. And it, and again, it, it draws families together. It draws people together. It's it's a great environment. Yeah, and there are and like like you were saying, there are uh, entry level classes where you don't have to have a million dollar car to go drag racing. I mean, literally, you can drive your pickup truck to the racetrack and race in a bracket class, exactly, and and, and have it run eighteens or something and and be competitive. And, and then as as you gradually get better or or would just plain want to go faster then obviously there's the chance to to go faster and 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 make more money doing uh, it you mentioned bracket racing and i wanted to mm-hmm. talk about that people see on tv they see funny cars and uh top fuel dragsters Correct. Uh, wh- which are bound by rules and this is how the car has to be mm-hmm. but Explain bracket racing to our listeners and and give us yeah. your thoughts on it. Well, a bracket car, um, you can you basically put up a dial in that that your you think your car is going to run, and you are eliminated if you go faster than that dial. So you have to be as close to that dial in as you can without going faster, and then and then basically you try to get to leave the starting line with the best reaction time and then you want to get which has to make you a better racer oh absolutely the better reaction time you have the better racer you're going to be um and then like i said bracket racing is all about trying to to run that dial in which is the et that you predicted and uh so that also gives like the slower cars that people with less money or or you know time and effort into their cars can race with a you know a, a faster car that that has more money put into it i guess you could say there's but. there i mean again you have you have a starting light the christmas tree and you stage the car through two stages pre-stage and then fully staged once you're locked in there which is all set by a light beam it's all set right. by a light beam you roll into the light beam to stage one and then second stage you're locked in. They can set that light to come down before you get light one, light two, light three, what we call the ambers, before you get the green, based on what you're dialing compared to the person next to you, which they're dialing. I have raced a 165-mile-an-hour, eight-and-a-half-second dragster next to a 12-second Corvette. Yep. That Corvette left a long time before I did. 
Once my light turns green, I go. If they timed it right or our dial-ins were close to what we think we can run, we're going to reach the finish line relatively at the same time. Supposedly you left way before I did. Yep. That's that's the concept of handicapped racing. So you could take a pickup truck or you can take a Fox Body Mustang or a 1989 Camaro with a 402 big block that I just sold <laughs> and, and race that. And you can be competitive for two reasons. Predict your time correctly without going faster than what your time is and cut a light. And cut a light. And what's cut the, what's a light. the penalty if you do run under your time? Basically, if you, it's called a breakout. Yep. Now, do, they, do they, you go into a different bracket, or you're just, no, you're done. No, you're, you're, done. Done. you're done. You're done for the you're done. Gotcha. And it, some it, places, it'd be the same as a red light. They found red out, red and light. and some of the local strips have found out that you know for when they're doing fun racing things like that, you don't want your day to be done when you go out. So they're doing what they call buybacks. Double so buyback. Can, What's a double buyback? Chris Myers says he uh, used to uh, run a South Georgia Motorsports Park, and they had a drag strip mm-hmm. and. Essentially, it's, it's the same thing. Cost you more to buy back the second time, but you can buy your way back in. What it does, it kicks up the purse for whoever does win, and that way your day's not done. You know, when you guys go through heats, you know you have opportunities, and you can come in this place and drag racing. When you're out, you're out. So, in order to keep the interest up, keep racers still at the track, nobody wants to throw their car in a trailer and go home before the race is done. You have the opportunity to buy back. The track also makes more money that way too. Exactly. <laughs> Typically, how many uh, how many races do you get to run in a day for for that kind of event? You do time trials. A track will open up um, prior to the formal start of the race, so you get an opportunity to run your car probably up to, up to three. Yeah. Up to three. Up to three times down the track. That's when you kind of get a feel for the car. You have weather, you have, you know, track conditions, things, so you can dial in your car. That would be Circle Track's version of hot laps. Exactly. Correct. Exactly. So once you have a feel for the car, you have an idea what your dialing is going to be. I'm going to run, you know, an 890, you know, to, to start with, and I may, you know, back it down depending on what I do, but I really want to be at that 890. Get in there, you stage the car, you race, stay within, you know, your time frame, you win your race, you move on to the next round. But there's, again, things that are relevant to the next round, depending on when the race started. You know, I've raced at 11 o'clock at night in a final round where I've changed the setup of the car dramatically. So do track conditions change that? Track you know, conditions Like change. it does on a regular... You know, you're, if you're running a naturally aspirated car, you're running a carbureted car, you know, the air, you know, is there's more uh, humidity, moisture. moisture in the air. I mean, I've, I've had, you know, condensation from the front of my dragster blow up onto my helmet and into my face racing at night. And that's just, that's a byproduct, but you have to, you know, tire pressure is another big thing, especially if you're running, you know, 33-inch slicks like I did. You know, you would have to monitor the tire pressure because it gets slicker the cooler it gets and the track's been worn and they're not going to resurface the track. So you have to monitor your tire pressure. That change your jets and your carburetor you want to slow the car down a little Sounds bit. Sounds like a lot of work. <laughs> it's, it's work, but it's, it's, it's one of those It's mind games, things. too. Yeah. Yep. The same thing happens in your in, in your in your field. You want to set up your chassis as far as you know turns go, and you know the track conditions, things well, like that. In, in our world, uh, the track is usually pretty has a lot of grip early on in the night, and then mm-hmm. as the night goes on, it gets slicker and slicker. During intermission, they'll come out and prep the track a little, but you know that late in the night, the, the track is going to go slick. So, yeah, you definitely make adjustments, and, and I can see where you're coming from. Yeah, it's also of- a tuner's issue. Like later in the night, obviously, the the air's c- cooler, and you're going to use more fuel, so you need to fatten up the carburetor to, so, so mm-hmm. the thing will make more power. Um, which is the opposite during the day when it's warm and sunny out. Obviously, the the fatter the carburetor is, the slower the car will go. So you need to lean it out. Well, obviously, cool, cool air has more oxygen and more exactly. horsepower. Correct. All right, we're getting too technical here. I got. <laughs> what's the fastest each of you have, have ever gone? Do you know? Uh, do you mile, know mile, mile per hour? Yeah, do you know mile per hour? The fastest I've ever gone is 180 mm. in 1300 feet which was roughly about 140 in about 700 feet. The launch of the car will so pull three So did your brain Gs. go like back in the back of your head? <laughs> <laughs> just slightly, <Okay>. just slightly. 
Um, it's one of those things that you kind of get used to. Um, <laughs> you know, you learn how to, they say one of the, the best professional athletes learn how to slow down the game. And it happens that way in drag racing. You learn how to slow it down. Um, you know, your your muscle reaction, your, you know, eye, everything, all of that becomes conditioned and, and, and accustomed to. So, yeah, it's um, like anything. Once you do it a bunch of times, you, you get used to it. And you, you're, like you said, that your you're just coordination changes where you can make those small adjustments then, and notice the small things that you obviously can't see the first time when you take off and go, woo you know, and, <laughs> you know, it, it ends up where, where it's totally different after you've done it a couple hundred times. But so what's the fastest you've got? Yeah. I, Do you know? I or? don't like. I don't like to tell people because I, I have a street raced car. So, how about uh, a range? <laughs> One sixty ish. Okay. Yeah. But but that's, that's in a door car. Badass. That's in a door car. That's you know? that's badass in a door car. That's street driven. So, you know, But that's hooking and booking. Mm-hmm. You had also mentioned. I think we both alluded to it, and you guys can sort of you know corroborate. We use the word carburetor. And we have those. <laughs> we, we we have those. But technology is fantastic. You're seeing it in um, drag racing in the pro stock form where they've switched over to fuel injection. So they're not naturally aspirated anymore. Changes the cars, mm-hmm. changes the performance, everything else. And there's a lot of people. You can be smart. You can make a car go fast a certain way. Or you can buy your way into it. Now, granted, you know, there's less adjustment. There's a whole lot less maintenance and things that come with a $2,500 fuel injection setup, computer controlled and everything else, or a $900 carburetor that you're probably better off in the long run because you're going to learn more about how to set that up versus just pointing fingers. But the next generation has grown up that way. Well, and, and they're going to want. Are, that what are your type thoughts on, on? Let's pick on Chevrolet on the new LS based uh, stuff. Where I mean, virtually no no changes at all. Uh, you can have a seven hundred and fifty horsepower, eight hundred horsepower car. Yeah, there's there's a lot of differences between today's technology and what what we grew up as. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. oh, and, and same with uh, us. And it's I mean, it's coming. It really is. Yeah, I mean, pretty much an LS motor that you throw a turbo on, you know, you can easily get seven or eight hundred horsepower. At, um, again, though, people are hooking laptops to these things and trying to tune right. them themselves. But I mean, luckily, there's a lot of LS motors out there because they're also hurting a lot of them but uh, you know it's all the tuning of it is is so critical um because it's so easy once you lean these things out that you know the motor gets hurt but uh well even even in our world i understand that uh lucas oil just recently uh allowed the ls engine with coil packs and crank triggers now it still mm-hmm. has to be carbureted but uh timing curves and timing there's a whole lot they can play with oh yeah absolutely so uh and th- that's the ls uh 525 horse mm-hmm. which is yeah and the the other thing the ls motors are so technically advanced because the cylinder heads are just humongous oh, on they them, are. Which, mm-hmm. i mean they flow so much air right out of the box i mean that that's why those cars make so much power with either some nitrous or a turbo on them or, or even like the naturally aspirated versions right. that they can put yeah, in the Yeah, I've been talking cars. to our engine guy, and uh, I'm pretty confident that the next engine I build will be LS-based. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They've, they've really been the standard. You know, I mean, you, you drive a, a Ford, you know, Mustang, but it's got a Chevy motor in it, and it hasn't, you know, a, a lot of, I wouldn't say the same for Chrysler, in their division, but a lot of the, you know, manufacturers, if there's anyone that's stuck to it, it's the performance of division of Chevrolet. And they've been putting out, and you can, I mean, I had a, a, you know, 509 Bill Mitchell big block in my in my dragster. And, you know, building these things for years, they're bulletproof. I ran a thing on pump gas, you know, so, I mean, it's, it's still, there's ways to go fast, and there's ways to, you know, spend money. And you don't have to make the two of them actually mutually, you know, together. You can you can separate them. You can learn through the process. There's you can create almost the same amount of horsepower out of a standard 454 big block versus an LS if you do it right. And 
it's possible, and it will cost you half the money. I got a question for you guys. I want your opinion on something. I don't know if you guys are familiar, but uh, Toledo Speedway last year, what did they call them? Just street drags? Yeah. yeah. Parking lot drags. Yeah. Something. Yeah. Bring your car. We're going to race 300 feet down uh, the front stretch at Toledo Speedway. And uh, I think their first night they did it, they had somebody in a Corvette. Wrecked it really bad. It's, and I it's, know it's banked. Yeah. It's, it's banked. It's mm-hmm. banked. And he just kind of, the back end broke loose and he went straight up in the wall and yeah, right they, with that, that. They call that no prep races now. Is that what that uh, is? Which, what, do you, what do you guys which, think of that? Is that just. I, I do I do the stuff not at a circle track and I wouldn't go 300 feet but yes I do <laughs> I, I like the street outlaw show that mm-hmm. you're talking about I actually went down and raced those people in Memphis did you I, I, absolutely and uh, did you win I can't say no but, but <laughs> hasn't but, aired yet no but has it come on Scott? Discovery <laughs> signed him to a contract that hasn't aired yet I don't have cable but, uh, I didn't know but uh, th- there's a lot of these they call it grudge racing now yeah. which is um, it's huge um basically a, a lot of these are held at the other end instead of the sticky end the beginning of a racetrack they actually race from the back end and go towards the front because there's no traction down there and 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 again you have to know a lot about suspension and and tuning to make the car actually hook and go but uh, this is very popular now. In fact, I do So what is your I episode going to be on, do you know? <laughs> I, I don't know, actually, but I, I hope they didn't edit it out, but we'll see. <laughs> Those are on dedicated but, drag strips now, right? Not not all of them, no. no. And, in fact, I, I, I was... You're, well, you're, you were talking about running yeah, backwards. Uh, yeah, they do that. That's at the drag strips. They do that. They call them no prep events. Right. But okay. but they're also there's a lot of street races held now that, I mean, you get 32 cars and and uh basically they all throw three four hundred dollars in and the winner take all i mean which i've been known to go to a few of these too but uh back to the uh, the bracket thing uh, chris had a question here it's a good one uh, what is the cost uh, to do something like that for a weekend and uh, what is the payoff if you if you win I mean, like a bracket race, like a normal, what what is about forty bucks to enter a bracket race. A lot, and, a lot of tracks will call them test and tune nights, and that's really well, where a person can bring up a street car. And yeah. I mean, hell, you can race your wife's minivan. Although I drove one for years. Um, <laughs> got three kids. Leave me alone. Um, it, you can't. But it, it's on the test nights where at the end of the test night, I've gone to test nights just to kind of mess with jets and carburetors and kind of get a feel for a car had a really awful thing happen to me on a test night one night but there's also where people can literally drive a street car you got a cadillac sts that you know your company pays for you can race that thing and you know depending on you'll run it a couple of times whatever your dialing is you can stay there it's probably 15 bucks 20 bucks in order to get in and you can win 190 200 bucks in a trophy yeah, but but so you're not you, gonna if, you're not gonna retire. No, if you go to a normal bracket race, though, it, his are kind of like the fun nights, is what he's talking about. But uh, on a typical bracket race on a Saturday or Sunday, you pay basically forty bucks, and and there's a opportunity to win. Most of the tracks pay about fifteen hundred dollars, is what the normal bracket race payout is. is. is there, but, and then and then scale they, back they, yeah, they usually pay out to like the top thirty-two cars will all get something, you know. But how many cars usually uh, average? I there, guess it probably varies. That all bit. depends what track you go to. But I mean, on a typical day at Norwalk, there's 400 cars. I mean, mm-hmm. so so in there's a area, good chance that you're not going home with money then, unless you're in, really good. You, you, you area, have to be pretty good to. to in our yeah. area, what what tracks would you guys race at? Well, there's Milan, Norwalk, uh, 131 is up in Martin. And, uh, I mean, there's months. That's, what, three hours? Yeah, about that. But uh, Dragway 42. 42 is 42 new. 42 is new and open, been uh, redone. Um, I raced out on the east side of Cleveland. I live east of Cleveland um, before I came here. Thompson Drag Raceway. There's also uh, Quaker City. Um, there's, there's probably three, four tracks that are within the state drivable that you could go to yeah, what's the one down by columbus national trail national that's it trail. my son's race there national. he ran though it was cross country oh, okay. oh. but that's a nice it's a nice facility though i actually raced there in drag Every, week camp yep. yeah saw shirley Muldowney win her uh championship there at the spring nationals 1981 
<laughs> that was a long time. That was before yeah, you were born, Scott. Your age. Yeah. Yeah. Well, not quite, but close, very close. I knew so. Shirley when she was still married to Jack, and he had a Texaco gas station. Seriously? Yeah, buddy. <laughs> wow. So if you, any of you guys, uh, either of you guys had any uh, bad accidents, bad crashes? I crashed my Pinto in 07. It's a Pinto. I mean, it was. Those, yeah, those yeah, will catch on fire. That no, a, that's only we get hit from the back. Yeah. Oh. That, was a, <laughs> that was a stretched Pinto that, that was a mid-eight second car. But uh, yeah, it got loose on, at Milan. It got loose in the uh, I think there was dew on the track or something. It was one of the last. It was actually in the finals of a bracket race, and and uh, yeah, bounced off a couple walls and crushed the car. But you know, it happens. It's part of racing. Did it live? Well, it got Did cut apart and then put back together. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but I was racing the next week in my other car. I had the, a Chevelle the basic also, bones so, lived. Yeah. And, yeah. Oh yeah, but my Chevelle was at the racetrack the next week still right. racing. So, what about I, you, Scott? Uh, no, I, I never put a car in the wall or, or, I mean, the, the, probably the scariest thing that ever happened to me is I was doing a, it was a test night and a car in front of me and I forget what kind of car it was ended up blowing the drive shaft off. And on a test night, they don't have the regular crew out there. So the cleanup crew was sort of haphazard. They missed a chunk of that drive shaft after they kind of cleared everybody to go. And here's me staged and it was probably 22 inches long, and it was at about a 45-degree angle. I was doing about 140 when I saw it. And there's no evasive move to make. It Just was, turn around it, right? No, 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 no. <laughs> so I, I'm like, brace for it, and I hit it, and it went. It ejected up the right side of the car. It tore, like, all of the body off, and luckily it went over the slick. Because if they would have hit the slick, it would have punctured the slick, and then that's big trouble. Um, but, uh, I mean, it tore the car up and, and everything, and I got out, popped my belt, shut the car off, looked, and when I'm not a happy guy. and Did you go you talk know. to the track crew? Oh, I talked to the track crew. <laughs> I said, do we have time for all the colorful <laughs> language that I shared with the track crew? <laughs> Um, this is a podcast. So I'm just, just maybe if you would have been in one of their cars, you might have been able to turn. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Our cars only have three inch front tires on them, so they're yeah. not going to turn anything. Yeah. So, any plans uh, to get back into a, a dragster? Yeah, yeah. I I grew up watching it. I grew up kind of learning about it and everything else. I raced. How long, a how long bit. have you been out of it? Um, a year. Oh, okay. So. Yeah. It hasn't. It hasn't been that long. Gotcha. I changed jobs and decided to go work in radio in Toledo. <laughs> well, that's um, smart. <laughs> <laughs> but it's 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 one of those where my kids are at a certain point. I don't have time. So rather than you know just stare at the car and everything else, it's one of those. A Facebook friend of mine bought the car. He's already shown the car. He's taken it to car shows and everything else. And you know he's going to drop a big five seventy two big block in it and go do his thing. And that's fantastic. I get to kind of follow along and. It's one of those things where you have an old car and, you know, you, you maintain a relationship with the person that bought it and you see what they've done to it and you either hate them or love them or are jealous of them. But w I'll get back into it one day. It's one of those things where it's like, you know what, uh, here we go. Just, I don't know you're if just I'm, on hiatus. I'm on hiatus. Okay. And I don't know if I'm going to, you know, build build the engine first and then go get the chassis or if I'm going to, you know, work it the other way. Get me a roller and find something to drop into it. But go have some fun. When's... uh. When's your next race? Uh, it starts in April. Starts in April. Yeah, all the races start about April. Uh, Where but, at? Uh, <laughs> there's lots of them, <laughs> but uh, all of them. Yeah, I mean, usually like the bracket races all start in April. I mean, Norwalk and Milan, all of them start their points programs and everything, and end of April. But now, do they race uh, weekly, or I mean, how often do they? Uh, usually the points programs, there's about 14 events, and they, they're they usually every week or every other week. But uh, And then at the end of the season, obviously, like like Circle Track, they, they pay out the winner, and the top five usually earns. And, you know, it's pretty good payout. Norwalk pays $10,000 to win the championship wow. there. Yeah, so. that's big money. Yeah. Uh, I remember taking my 64 Plymouth to Detroit Dragway mm -hmm. middle of March <laughs> and, and and launching in mud, you know. Yeah, but, I, was but only, was, I was but, only there once, but, but I, but I it sure was wish fun. it was still there. But it was fun. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, just about uh, got to wrap things up here. Jeff wants to know, uh, from Jeff, what size tire do you run on your car? Well, there's different races I have that I have to go different to. So this the small tire events all have a 28 by 10 and a half, and the big tire events that I go to, I run a 30 by 13. But How long you know. do your tires last? Do you use them like one weekend and they're done, or they... No, but uh, truthfully, if about a hundred passes is what they're oh, okay. good for. Yeah. That's not bad. Yeah. Um, last uh, question. Gonna direct this to you because you kind of already answered it uh, about what you enjoy most about drag racing. You said it was the camaraderie. Um, what what is it uh, about drag racing you enjoy most? It's my passion. What I don't know what else to say it's about it. It's the adrenaline. I, it's, and, it's and believe it or not, even though you're in the car for you know really not very long, but uh, I guess the biggest thing that I enjoy about it is being able to say I built the car. I do. I wrench on it. I do mm. everything to my car. I mean, uh, nothing is uh, when I see my car out there racing it's me i mean everybody knows that's my car it's called the minion by the way it's got a big is it yellow it is is. is. oh it's fantastic and and and, and believe it or not everybody knows it so but uh you know it's like he said everybody knows each other and nobody's unhappy to see anybody even your enemies at the racetrack you're smiling and waving to so it's really a good crowd and and uh like I said, Norwalk is very fa- family-oriented. I mean, they have dog run areas, and everything's picked up. There's no dirt trash. I mean, it, it, it's... It's one of the it, cleanest tracks you'll be is. That's, that's the nicest track in the country, really. But If you had to recommend uh, an, an event to somebody who's never been to a drag race... What would it be? Night Under Night Fire. Under fire. Night Easily. Under Fire is a great Easily. spectator event. Yep. Yep. Uh, but uh, lots of shows. I mean, there's funny cars, dragsters, jet dragsters. Wheel uh, standers. Yeah, and the, things that make noise and go pop. fast. It's, a, it's, it's also it's a good family event. It is. Um, there's. It's fourth. Uh, they used to do it Fourth of July weekend, but the national yep. race is there now. They do it in August. But you know, uh, the Bader family is very you know big on military. Big on benevolence, big on, and they bring in. You get to see the 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 highest end of drag racing. You can see with a funny car, nitro burning car, and you can see is 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 uh, the normal guy that lives next door to you with a bracket car. And boy, that's a race. Mm-hmm. If you actually race the race, and if you race, you're going to be racing until six o'clock in the morning. Exactly. <laughs> so, the fans stick around all that time too. No, the, by then it's most of the campers <laughs> the, the, and the partiers yeah. of the family. Gotcha. The drunk people are still <laughs> in the sands. Jeff, is there anybody that you need to thank? Is there anybody that helps you with your program? Scott, you're washed up, so. Whoa! Yeah, Ron gave it to me just straight to the... Why are you married to him? How does it... He's going to be your sponsor when you when you come <laughs> back. Come back. Yeah. I mean, the only only people I really want to give a shout out to is Jerry Speed Shop. I mean, they've even before I worked there, which has been about twelve years now. But even before I worked there, I bought parts from his basement, and you, so you know yep. how long ago that yes, was. Sir. I mean, I've been going to him for ever since I can remember, and and he's always been there for everybody, and he's always there for everybody else, you know. But uh, he's he's a great guy and hopefully people will hear that and and remember that and he is Mm -hmm. and a good friend of ours you know correct correct chris mai says uh racing is a disease either going in a straight line or around and around the corner it doesn't matter (laughs) yeah i feel like i've learned a lot of racing in a straight line i'm gonna have to get out i've never been to a drag race you have to go. I, I'm going to have to now. That's why I asked you which one you guys would recommend. So. All you got to do is ask. Yep. Well, thank you guys for coming in. Jeff Jackson, Scott Miller. Jeff, you can catch him uh, in April at a drag strip near you. This guy you can catch uh, tomorrow on the radio. 3 to 7, 104.7 WIOT, yeah. Toledo's Rock. Okay, we'll go with that. There you go. A uh, couple things uh, to finish off here. Chili Bowl Nationals coming up at the uh, River Spirit Expo Center in Tulsa featuring midgets January 14th through the 19th. Live on MAV TV. Mid-Michigan Raceway Park uh, has the Whiteout 100 coming up on Saturday, February 2nd. It's another one of those uh, kind of like the hangover race, right. whatever the weather is. Except that's, this is on a dirt track. Uh, that's Saturday, February 2nd. Gates open at noon, racing at uh, 2. Have you guys been to a dirt track race? 
There you oh, go. yeah. Yes. Okay. So I'm, I'm the guy that's not holding up my end of the deal then by now going to drag race. Sorry. <laughs> uh, thanks, Dave Kemmer, for helping out uh, with uh, booking. And uh, shameless plug, th- plug this week goes to Corey McCoy for uh, helping me with my carburetor on Tuesday. All right. So that's it. Give uh, Ron a call once again, Ron Miller Race Cars. Because we're this is his studio, Ron Miller Race Car Studio, which is up uh, on top. Of, downstairs is the actual shop, right? Yes. So this is up uh, above yeah. the shop. We got the cars downstairs. I smell the racing fuel. I know it's crazy. It's pretty cool. Seven three four eight five six seven two two three eight five six race. There you go. Race yeah. car parts, safety equipment, service, uh, anything uh, that you need. You got a couple months before uh, racing season. It's coming fast. And, yeah. So uh, next week on the show, I'm gonna try to. Uh, I don't have it officially booked yet, but uh, I'm going to try to get uh, Brian Roman back on because uh, I believe he's going to go sprint car racing this year. Hmm. <laughs> what is that look? Am I uh, wrong? No, absolutely he okay. is. Okay. Actually, he's going to be racing a whole lot of everything. everything. So Yeah, it'll be interesting to talk to him. And right. then uh, excited about the shows we have coming up in January. I believe we're going to have uh, Chuck Hummer on, uh, talk to him about uh, running for Rookie of the Year with the World of Outlaw Late Model Series. Uh, this year with his open trailer and crate motor. Uh, and, and that played out really well for him last year on the Summer National Summer Tour. Yeah. He got a lot of press because he was the only guy pulling into the pits in an open trailer and people could see it and uh, got a little financial help because of that. So it's a pretty cool deal. We'll get Rusty Schlank on in uh, three weeks. That's uh, set. Talk to him about the, uh, what is that called, the future of our sport. Right. award that he does uh, he's got a, a big racing party coming up in february we'll talk to him about his uh experience uh, last month at the uh, gateway dirt nationals in st louis and uh, we'll get gene from uh, Mich- mid michigan raceway park on before the whiteout 100 and uh talk about that and right. then it's race season well no that's on- that's only gets us to february oh, it's <laughs> close enough man yeah again thanks to uh scott miller Jeff Jackson, you guys uh, for coming in and schooling us on drag racing tonight. We'll be back next week. Had a great time, Scott. Yeah. 7 o'clock, tune in Facebook Live. Listen to us on iHeartRadio. AmazonRaceReport.com. See you all next week. Bye. You have been listening to the Hammer Down Racing Report from the Ron Miller Race Car Studio. Listen on demand on iHeartRadio. Bruce Martin, host of Pit Pass Indy. Each week, I go behind the scenes of the NTT IndyCar Series and introduce our listeners to the biggest stars of IndyCar, which features the Indianapolis 500 as its cornerstone event. The men and women that compete in IndyCar may be the bravest athletes in all of sport as danger lurks around every corner. They are able to look danger in the eye without flinching. That is why the NTT IndyCar Series features the best racing on the planet. Join me every week as we talk to the stars of IndyCar, including the legends of the Indianapolis 500 on Pit Pass Indy from Evergreen Podcast. 